Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tom Morrison, here we Big are again. Dave, how you doing, man? We're back again, brother, in Association Strong Podcast, and we have a really cool, uh, cool guy devilishly handsome and 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 really cool background in in uh, with a focus on marketing his name is jay owen he's he's the ceo founder of a company called design extensions uh, jay you're out of what nashville where are, you, where are you out of no i'm south of nashville still in the south though saint augustine florida florida way south of nashville okay tom's out of nashville that's You're not right. out of Nashville. For some reason, I thought you were in Nashville, too. We're in but... honky-tonk heaven, buddy. Honky-tonk heaven. <laughs> honky-tonk heaven. That's something you don't hear up here in Boston. I'll tell you that right now. Right. Uh, yeah, not a lot of honky-tonks up here in, in Boston. But the topic for today is around, uh, generally speaking, how marketing is evolving. But specifically... Uh, we're going to talk to Jay about how to create a story that drives uh, new members to join, uh, existing members to renew, and uh, keep coming back for more in the association. Uh, and I know that's a very broad statement. Let's get out of the weeds for a few minutes and let's talk about creating a story around your association. Does that sound about right, Jay? Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, that's a it's a key element for any type of organization or company is, is understanding how to do this. And I think that what we'll talk about in the next few minutes is going to give people a context to, to kind of look at their marketing and sales engines again and go, gosh, maybe we've been worried about the wrong things and we need to back up a little bit. It's interesting you say sales engines. Tom, I don't see very many associations that have what I would consider to be a strong story. Like there's certainly not a origin story like you see with businesses very often, there's not an origin story or, or like generally there's, there's just isn't a story at all. And in terms of Jay just uses the world sales engine, not, there isn't really a sales engine for associations either, both of which I think need, we need to revisit. Like I, I think associations really need to embrace this idea of turning membership or marketing putting more of a sales hat on Tom what do you I mean would you agree with that or do you think associations are doing just fine in terms of their sales I don't think associations are doing just fine I think associations do great when when things come along that make people have to join but what's not happening is associations being able to tell a story in a way where people want to join at that moment and I think that's what I was so excited about today's show with Jay is Jay has such an incredible take on building a story that helps people see why they should join crystal clear, you know? And I don't think, I mean, I don't think a lot of associations are on Salesforce. They're not, they don't have really a sales strategy. They're so focused on, we were born in 1933. We do this, we do that. We, 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 we. And, like, and Jay had one line that he said in a, in a webcast we did for our members, where he said that we're so busy answering questions to the customer that they're not even asking yet. They were forgetting to ask enough questions to find out why do they even want to buy and why should they even be in this conversation? You know, so I, I'll kind of throw that to you, Jay, making that, that's why I always say we're in this transitional stage of marketing where we've always been telling the customer what our brand is, but the customer don't care what our brand is yet until they understand, can you meet the challenge and the solution that I have? So Jay, 
where, how have you seen that transition begin to take place and, and how should associations tune into that? Well, I think what's so interesting is that good storytelling has been around for a long time. Now, people listening are like, well, why do I even care about storytelling? We're not making movies here. We're, we're um, you know, drawing people into associations. But, but ultimately, as human beings, like we've been telling stories from the beginning of time, and that's how we communicate in a way that gets our attention. Our brains daydream about 30-plus percent of the time which means we're thinking about like what's for lunch and who's picking up the kids and gosh, is the dog still in their crate and all these things in, in the midst of everything else that's happening during the day. But the one time that our brains really focus is we're in the midst of a good story. And we know this is true because it, it might be, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning and we're on like the third episode of some new Netflix show and we got to be up at six and we're like, maybe just one more episode. <laughs> it's a horrible choice, and yet many of us make that choice anyway because our brains so desire to know what the outcome of that story is. So the question I ask people is, since we know that's true in entertainment, how can we use that within our organizations in a way that draws our potential members or customers into the story? Because the big mistake that most people make in marketing is they want to make it about themselves. They want to make it about their association, about their organization, or, or even you know, about their company. And, and ultimately, it's not about us, it's about who we serve. And so we have a simple framework that we teach people to help them walk through what their member wants all the way through showing them what success looks like. And when the story's written in that way, we still get to brag about our association and how long we've been around and how, you know all the things that we've done, but we do it in a way that's focused on that end member. And, and to me, I know that works. I've seen it work time and time again in about every industry that you could possibly imagine. And most of the time, people are so obsessed with like what they need to post on social media and should they be doing ad spend and what about their email newsletter and all these other things that might be important but they're, they're out of order. It's like I'm worried about filling up my pool, but I haven't even dug the hole yet. And so the way we think about marketing is we want to get that sales story. This We call it a story brand framework. We want to get that brand script right up front so that we really understand what that member wants, what problem we're actually helping them solve, and then we have a clear plan to help them win today. So, so I can walk through that framework at some point um, during this if we want to really quickly and kind of give people those seven steps. But, but that to me is the foundation of everything else. If that's not right, we shouldn't be doing anything, anything else in marketing. Let, let's, let's do that. I, let's go through that, that framework. But I, I do have some questions about more like uh, talking about the member as opposed sure. to the organization. I've heard that many, many times. This is not an epiphany to me. Uh, and I'm sure many of our listeners have heard that talk about them, not you. But I, I need to talk through that a little bit because that's not as easy as it sounds when you're trying yep. to sell a conference or a continuing education program. Let's go through the framework, but I'm going to bring it back. I'm writing myself a note to go back to that. Well, I mean, we can start at the beginning, which really is the question that you have, which is how can like how do we actually do that? How how do we how do we make the story about the member? And ultimately, the very first step of the framework, the very first piece of the puzzle, is what we would call the character, or in this case, the member. But we still call it the character, the character of a story. Every good movie actually operates within this framework too. And the reason that matters is our brains are accustomed to things unfolding this way. And as a result, when it happens within our environment of work, it, it makes sense to people. So the first question we ask is, what does our character want? Like, really? 
because they don't just want to go to a conference, and they certainly don't really want another membership to some thing, regardless of what it is, unless it's solving some deep need, desire, or objective for them. And, and, and you can think about this with, with like insurance, for example. Nobody wants insurance. Literally nobody wants it. No. Sorry, insurance people. But we need it. But we need it, right? Because it solves a fundamental problem. What do we want that insurance solves? Well, we want peace of mind. We want security. We want to know that our assets are protected or that our family's protected or our business is protected or whatever it may be. But, but that insurance is solving some kind of fundamental desire or want. And when I start talking about just the insurance in this particular case, you're like, I don't care about that. But if I talk about securing your business or securing your family or helping you ensure that your, your future is secure, like now all of a sudden you're like, well, I am, I'm kind of interested in that. Well, how does that work? And so that's kind of where we start with that first question of what do they want? So thinking about your members, uh, of whoever's listening, as you listen to this podcast, what do your members want? You need to be able to answer that in a single sentence. So it doesn't need to be like this page-long explanation of what they want. I need a single sentence. And that's the hard part. The hard part is actually simplifying this stuff where it's so short that I can recite it. Because good marketing ultimately is an exercise in memorization. So right there, I think you nailed the hardest part. And, and so it's, what's interesting to me is uh, there's two sides of the spectrum. You're, you're talking about what it is members want and need mm-hmm. at the global level. And not just like, I don't even want to know like the five things they want. I think what you're talking about is like, what's the phrase that the, what are you satisfying as the association in one simple, clean spoken statement, almost like a mission statement, a value proposition. Yes. Right. As opposed to what we're doing and, and you're talking to a persona, like the highest level persona in that industry. What we're doing in my company is we're getting down to the actual individual saying, Hey, John. What do you want today? So it's it's interesting to acknowledge both sides of that spectrum going from the value proposition of the organization. Is that fair to say? Would you call yes. that a value proposition, what you're describing? Yeah, it is. It is sort of a value proposition. Yes, it could because but I would say like the, the value proposition is is solving some of those core wants. A lot of this gets into psychology. People start going like this is a little like froofy for me. And I'm like, well, do you like to grow your organization or not? Because that's how people think and work, right? Um, but yes, it's, it is kind of around that, like, what's the value that you're bringing? And that value should be something they actually want. And if it's not, then they're not a good prospect or your value proposition is not written very well. All right. So that's that's step one. Step is, one. That's right. So how would what you summarize want? step one? Identify what they need? It's simply a question, what do they want? What do they want? That's okay. Step, step two is the problem. So step one is the character. That's your potential prospective member or persona. And we asked the question, what do they want? Step two is the problem. And the problem is separated into three sections. Now, if you don't know what problem you're solving, you're going to have a very hard time attracting people. People buy things primarily to overcome fear, overcome pain, overcome failure, and then achieve success. They need to overcome these things first. And there's almost always a problem in the way of that happening. Movies are like this all the time. What is the problem? The external problem is how we define the first part. The most clear and obvious thing that everybody can see. This thing is hard, or this is difficult, or this piece of the puzzle of running my uh, company organization gets in the way, right? So what is that external problem? The second part of the problem 
is the internal problem. How does that make them feel? And I mean a literal single feeling, frustrated, aggravated, angry, something like that. Again, when I get to this part, people are like, well, it's not about feelings. We're in kind of an industrial space. And I'm like, I don't care. People operate out. People are people. People are selling to people. And so at the end of the day, it's about feelings. What's that external problem? And how, does, how do they feel as a result of that? You know, they feel frustrated. They feel sad. They feel angry. They feel overwhelmed. That's a common one. They feel confused. In anything like that. So what is that primary thing? Again, people get stuck here. Simplify it. Pick one. Um, there may be others, but pick a primary. And then the third last part of this problem step is the philosophical problem. What do they believe as a result of that? So let me give you a, a quick example. What if does I were the doing, member believe or what does the organization, the association? What does the member believe, but the organization should align with that belief? Okay, so let me give you an actual example of that. I would say, let's say I was speaking to a um, let's say I was speaking to a, an association. I would say, look, we know that you want to grow your association. The problem is that getting attention uh, from other uh, prospective members can be really hard. And that can feel frustrating and, and leave you feeling like you're getting left behind. So you see how that, you see how I've already unfolded that a little bit? And then I'll, I'll make a belief statement. The belief statement, that philosophical problem, usually starts with, it's just plain wrong or you deserve. So here's how I would say it. I would say, look, um, it, we know that you want to grow your association. The problem is that getting the attention you need in front of a prospective member can be really hard. And that can leave you feeling really frustrated and maybe even left behind. We believe it's just plain wrong that people shouldn't be flocking to your association, right? So you see how I just crafted that around that framework. What do they want? What's the external problem? What's the internal problem? How do they feel? What's the philosophical problem? What do they believe? When you make a belief statement that someone else aligns with, we see this at the extremes in the political space, which we won't get into today, um, is when you make a belief statement that people believe or are outraged by, they go, that's right. I do deserve that. You're, you're right. That It is plain wrong that that's true. As human beings, we love to be outraged, for better or worse. So that's the second part of the, the framework. Number one, character, what do they want? Number two, problem. External problem, clear and obvious. Internal problem, how do they feel? And then a philosophical problem, what do they believe as a result of that? What you'll notice in the beginning part of this dialogue, if I was writing this for an association, is that we've not talked about the association at all. We've not told them how many years you've been in business. Everybody loves to talk about that. Or not even in the business, how, how, how long you've been around. We've not talked about um, you know, how many people came to your last conference or who spoke at it, or anything else. We've only talked about the prospective member, what they want, and what their problem is. Now, the third step of this framework is the guide. Regardless of who you are, if you're the person that's selling something, so you're selling a membership, whether you like the word sales or not, it's true, and you're the guide. And what I mean by that is you're going to come alongside that member and help them win the day. It's not about you winning. As an association, it's about, but this, this is so perfect for associations because associations, that literally is kind of their purpose. I mean, I think, is to come alongside those members and help them win the day. And if yeah. those members yeah. win the day, then so does the association, it's right? An association oftentimes, and these are my words, not their words, but uh, it's a, um, well, to lack of a better word, it's a guide, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. support system for either professionals or organizations in the industry, right? So let's there, think about, oh, go ahead, Tom. What I was going to say, Dave, this kind of goes back to our alive and your act, you know, our acronyms. So Dave, we have a thing that we, we've been working through 
called Alive, where you ask the right questions, you listen intently, you innovate, then you create value, and then you execute that engagement with the member. And I think for many associations, what I find is they think they know what the member needs better than the member knows what they need, which goes back to the we statements. You know, we do this, we do that. We've talked to all these people and we think this is what you need instead of engaging in what Dave's trying to do is get down to the individual member and say, what is your problems and how can we help you solve those problems? What's your problem, man? That's, that's <laughs> exactly. <what you're> <laughs> and I'll give, well, you a, I'll give you a... I'll give you a movie example to kind of understand how this unfolds in a typical movie. And it, this matters because this is how people's attention is maintained. It's why in some movies or TV shows or books, you you, you have to know what the end is and others you're like, eh, I don't really care. I'm gonna fall asleep. Um, although I'm finding that every year that I add to life, the more likely I am to fall asleep. That's a whole other thing. Oh my God, Jay, you're not kidding. I have such a hard time staying awake in movies these days. So let me give you an example. So the character, let's look at Star Wars. The primary character in Star Wars is Luke Skywalker, right? He's the Jedi, uh, you know, lightsaber welding hero of the universe. Mm -hmm. Except at the beginning of the story, he's not. At the beginning of the first Star Wars, Young like the Padawan. good Star Wars, not the bad one, um, the, 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 in the beginning of A New Hope, he was, he was a scared, humble farm boy whose aunt and uncle just got killed by the evil empire. He just wanted to go work in the power converters, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, but but he, didn't, he didn't have what it took to overcome the evil empire. He had a problem, which was, you know, his family had been killed and, and he wants revenge. It makes him feel angry. And he believes that it's just plain wrong, that should, evil should win over good, which is why those stories have been so classical. And the reasons, it's, it's good versus evil. Well, along comes a guide. That's the third part of the framework. Remember, the guide yep. is Obi-Wan Kenobi and later Yoda. There can be multiple guides in a story oh, sometimes. Yeah. And Obi-Wan comes alongside of Yoda with two things. This is what you have to come alongside your members with. Two things. Empathy, number one. Simply this. Hey, we understand how hard it can be to fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you're helping them overcome. And now, finally, you get to talk about yourself. That's why for X number of years, we've helped X number of uh, members or X numbers of companies achieve this, this, and this. Let me tell you about the Jedi. Yeah, I right. get it. Yeah. And so, so Obi-Wan does the same thing. He comes alongside, says, hey, hey, man, I, I know this is so hard. He, he didn't really say, hey, man, but you get the idea. He's like, I understand. He's sitting with him in that little cave thing, and then he gives him a lightsaber, and he tells him a story. And, and now he has authority because he is a Jedi master, and he does have what it takes not to win the day, to help Luke win the day. We oh, need Jay, the same mindset talking, in our stories. I get it now. See, now that you put it into the language of Star Wars, I get it. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners are with me on this one. Totally. You know, all right, one time, guide the member. What's number five? Hold on, one time, real quick. I was delivering this to a, a group of young female entrepreneurs. They were all like twenty-five to thirty, oh, super no. smart, super I know successful. Where this is going. And there were about thirty-five people in the room. Two of them had seen Star Wars, and I'm like, okay, I need a new movie analogy here, real quick. <laughs> well, I, I wonder. Yeah, even the newer Star Wars probably wouldn't appeal to that. No, they wouldn't. Audience. But all movies abide by the framework. I just found another one and worked it out. Let me get back to the framework. Number one, character. What do they want? Number two, problem. What problem are you helping them overcome? Number three, you're the guy who comes alongside them with empathy. No, and number authority. three is what do they believe? No, no. Number one is no, number that. So I, I, it's I'm easier when I have a chart up in front of me. Number one <laughs> is the care is the character. What do they need? Right. What do they want is number one. What is okay. the is the character? Number two is the problem. If you had to yep. define it in one word. 
And that problem has three sections. This is where you got confused. The problem has the external problem, the internal problem, and the philosophical problem. That's still, all still part of step number two. Oh, okay, okay. And the philosophical got a big part is what do we believe? That's right. That's okay. right. So I have a question right here, Jay. Yeah. So what is the challenge with discerning external versus internal problems? Um, so the external problem is the most clear and obvious thing. So for example, my coffee maker broke this morning. It didn't really, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, that's the external problem. I have a broken hey, I coffee maker. I got this. Maker. I got this. The internal problem is how you feel about your coffee maker breaking. I yep. feel distress. I feel a little bit of fear of what my personality right. is going to be like in 30 minutes when I haven't had my caffeine. Right. You know, that's, that's exactly the, that's right. the external. It's the sentiment. See, I'm with well, you. I, I wanted to I wanted to break that down because I think that's where the associations traditionally. I mean, we were challenged with that as much as we do marketing, but I think that's where the challenge is for most associations is trying to tell a story that really pulls out that internal feeling and problem. They're also focused on the external stuff because we know what we do, yeah. but we're we're struggling to understand how our members feel and how our prospects feel. Let's say, like right now, about all the uncertainty about the economy, uncertainty about. Um, how are we going to move through COVID? Uncertainty. Are we going to come back to real life meetings? You know, yeah. how do we tap into that that feeling part? And a, a speaker named Dan Heath, him and his brother Chip and Dan are phenomenal change agents. And they wrote this great book. And he did a, a presentation at our meeting, and he said something so great. He said, "You know what? Knowledge is power, but feeling is the fuel. Find mm -hmm. the feeling, and you'll find the, the customer." Which kind of plays into what you're saying. Yeah, and you got to know what that problem is that you're solving. The hard thing that people struggle with is sometimes they go, well, we actually solve like 10 different problems. And I'm like, uh, okay, good, but let's boil that into like, there has to be like a higher level. Roll now, it up. Yep. And sometimes you might, of these stories that we're kind of talking about in this framework, some, some associations might provide enough products and service that they actually have multiple stories where they have a different one for a different service line or different set of different, you know, if they serve multiple areas, for example. But we don't need to get into that. We got to get the highest level thing solved first. If you, if you solve multiple problems, the, the thing I would ask people is, is there a big kind of overarching problem that kind of encompasses all of those things? Or which one's the biggest problem that you solve? You can talk about the details later, but at first we got to have something that actually hooks people that they go, oh gosh, I need help solving that. And if we can't do that, we're going to have a very hard time getting people to take action or do anything we want them to do. So step three is guide the member. That's right. And take step, us to four, step four. Step four is to give them a plan. So we need to give them a clear plan to help them achieve whatever they're wanting to achieve, overcome the problem. And, I, and the plan I always say needs to be three steps. Why three steps? Because it's really simple. Remember earlier I said we get we get distracted all the time. I mean, especially now our watches are vibrating, our phones are beeping at us, our computers are dinging. There's something going off all the time. That's happening for our for your members too. And so we have to give them a clear three-step plan. Three steps because our brains love simplicity. And so when we go, hey, this is gonna be really easy. You're gonna, you know, watch a free demo. Uh, sign up for uh, this, and then you're going to achieve whatever I want you to achieve. I mean, that's a very super. This is example. how you do it, basically. Like Yoda's like, hey, we're going to go to uh, Dagobah, and we're going to go sit in a swamp and, and learn how to Jedi first. Then your next step is to go confront your fears, and then your third step is to save the world or save the That's universe. exactly right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So three simple steps to help them win the day. There, there might be 50 steps involved, but we don't want them to think about that. We want them to know how easy it is 
to either become a member or show up at an event or go to a conference or, or whatever it is. Three simple steps. Now, some people are like, well, it's so simple, I don't need to give them the three steps. Yes, you do. Um, because we have shown time and again, statistically, behind the scenes, when we, when we do show people a th simple three-step process, they're much more likely to take action. And that's what we want people to do, is do what we ask them to do. So that's step four, what is the plan? Five? And then five is really simple, but most people mess this up. It's the call to action. When I go on most people's homepages, I don't care what they do, they typically make one of two mistakes. They either have 50 things for me to click on, and I don't know which one to click on. Our brains give up after about six or seven and have to go back and read the list again. Um, or they have no clear call to action at all. They've got some cutesy phrase about like redefining the future or something like that with no call to action. And so by call to action, I simply mean a button on your homepage or a, you know, a, a call to action and a flyer could be call this number or go to this website. But on the website, it needs to be something like register now, sign up today, get a free trial, buy now, shop now, call now, book now, schedule now, something like that. What it is not is learn more or even get started is kind of a, seat, a call to action, but it's a little Passive. soft. You know? so the, I'll tell you right now what the association challenges with the call to action is the first problem you identified. It's the 50 links in, in, in whether that's happening in an email or yeah. on, a, on a website, one of the association websites. They're just, it's, it's like walking into a library. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's what you see on most websites or emails. Even the email mm -hmm. is loaded with just stuff. And it's, and to me, what that screams is we don't know what you want. Well, well here, people, here. that's what it's saying. We don't know what you want. So we're going to give you everything we can think of that might meet your needs. That was kind of going to be, Jay, where I was going to lead this down to because with associations' websites, they don't believe in just three things, say, above the fold. They believe, I mean, it's kind of like I got, I, I'm always make the, uh, the, the example of I got a, a direct mail that said 150 reasons why you should belong to our association. By three, I'm done. And I think their websites are, are the same thing. They're so fearful in some cases that if we only tell them two things, we're going to miss 50% who that may not be big to. So we're just going to dump everything on them and something will stick to them. And so, so kind of unpack that just a little bit. How do you move yeah. through that? Yeah, so it's, it's all with good intention, right? Like people do it because they think they can, uh, and we might even make, make it through this whole thing today, and that's okay. Maybe we'll do part two or something. Um, we, we don't, uh, people do it with good intention, thinking that um, showing everything for people to click on is either going to give them more information or make it easier but it's not, it actually makes it harder, always. Not sometimes, it always makes it harder. When I land on your association website, there should be three questions that I'm able to answer almost instantaneously. What do you offer? How's it gonna make my life better? And how do I buy it? Now, maybe it's not buy, maybe it's move forward or register or get started, whatever. But what do you offer? How's it gonna make my life better? How do I buy it? If I cannot answer those three questions almost instantaneously, and I don't know exactly what your clear call to action is in less than three seconds, you are doing it wrong. Full stop. Awesome. Why don't you continue so, on? Tell me what number six is. Yeah, we'll move quickly here. Number six is um, we want to show them what failure looks like. Now, a lot of people leave this out, but failure ultimately is why people buy things. If they don't become a member of your association, what are they at risk for? What is at stake? What could happen? 
And now, look, failure is a minor part of the recipe. If you think of this whole thing as a recipe, you know, my, my grandma, uh, you know, used to bake and, and you'd say, hey, what, how much salt do you put in that? She's like, oh, just a pinch. Failure is just a pinch in the recipe, okay? We just need a little bit in there so that people go, oh yeah, I don't want that. We have to show them what failure looks like if we wanna move forward. My uncle always used to say to me, people have to be sufficiently disturbed to take action. And, and ultimately, you know, that's what we need is we need to disturb people a little bit. I know that sounds bad, but I promise it's not if your association is actually going to help them, help them overcome that fear or failure. So it's so identifying show the failure. How would you describe that? I would, I would define the question as what is at stake? And what, what I mean by that is if they don't become a member of your organization, what are they risking? What, what, it, what could they be, what, what could it cost them? Usually it's some kind of variation on lost time, lost money, lost efficiency, something like that, lost sleep, I don't know. But, but what is at stake if they don't join you? Because people always have a choice. Do nothing, buy from somebody else, or buy from you. I don't care what you're selling or what it is, it's always true. Why should, if they don't buy from you, what is at stake? That's really the question in number six. So Jay, so if you're if you're three things at the front end mm -hmm. that you say should be on your website, and then basically even in a conversation, the first five minutes to tell someone you telling someone what you do, I'd assume that those three questions need to be answered as well. Shouldn't this part of it be relatively easy? Because if, if if what you are giving them is really solving problems, then it should be easy to answer what's at stake. Correct. It usually is. This section is usually pretty easy to answer, but you don't have to list it all at once. That's a mistake people make. They just want to dump it all in one little section so they can see it before they have to scroll down on the website. That's not what we need to do. Um, and this also, the framework I'm talking about here is not something we necessarily have to dump on somebody right away. A lot of times we'll use a really simplified um, version of this. We call it a one-liner, and it's simply the problem, the solution, and the outcome. So when I'm talking to somebody and they say, hey, Jay, what do you do? I will say, well, you know how marketing can be confusing and expensive? And they're like, oh yeah, we wasted a lot of time and money on that. And I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of people have. Well, we help make it clear and effective so you can get attention and acquire customers. Or if I was talking to associations, I would say, so you can get attention and acquire members. And then they would say, oh, well, how do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now I can have a deeper conversation. So when right. I get on the, th th this is primarily focused on the marketing side of things. Once I get into a, once I have somebody on a phone call and we can really dig into like what they're struggling with and what they need help with and how our association can help solve that. Now we can really dig into the details and the minutia, but we don't need to do that on a website or a flyer or a brochure or an email. We need to keep those things simple. So number seven. That's right, round it out. So we showed them what failure looks like in number six, what they want to avoid. Seven is simply the opposite of that. What does success look like? So when they win, what does that look like? What do the qualities of your best members in your association have? What do their businesses look like? What do their lives look like? How much better off are their executives than those who are not in associations? How much better off are their team members than those who are not in associations? What does that success look like? Ultimately, six and seven are just the opposite of one another. If, you, if you're not a part of this, here's what you're risking. If you are a part of this, here's what you can achieve. And we have to have both of those because there has to be a tension between what is at stake and what success looks like. And if you think about Luke Skywalker, what's at stake if he doesn't, you know, win the day? If he doesn't go kill the evil emperor? Well, the dark side's going to take over the universe. That's a serious problem.
right? Now, most of us maybe aren't quite in that s setting, but there's still serious problems at stake. You know, people are running associations, they're, they're, they're stressed out, they're worn out, they're ready to quit, and, and we, they need the tools and resources and environment to help them win the day, right? And so when you start talking about it in that language, people go, whew, yeah, you're right. Like, what, 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 what do I need to do to get started? Well, I'm glad you asked. Just click here to schedule a call and one of our team members will give you a call back. So, so I'll summarize this if I could, because it's kind of fun. Uh, and I, I was taking notes as we go. So we start with, with what do they need? And that leads to the problem, which is broken down into three parts. You have the external problem, which is kind of how we, most of us would define the problem. But then we add into that the sentiment associated with it, followed by some sort of belief statement. Um, that we guide the member. We give them a proprietary process of some sort, a plan, a, a three-part plan of, of here's what the solution, the process to, to solving this problem looks like. We create a call to action, maybe the next step or the first step, and what we identify what it looks like if they're not going to do this. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to get fat and die young. <laughs> That's right. If you, if you if you do do it, you're going to live forever, and you're going to you're going to you're going to be devilishly good looking. <laughs> uh, so, and then. That's the, what, what it looks like. So th that's the story. That's the story that, brand approach. That's an excellent summation. The one little secret uh, ingredient that I left out that, that I'll just kind of tie the bow on here is under that call to action step, one of the things that many people are missing is what we call a transitional call to action. I don't get too technical, but it's simply this. When someone doesn't do your primary call to action, which is register now, book a call, whatever it may be, what can we give them that they'll give us their email address for. We've all seen these things. You're on a website, something pops up, and it's like, hey, download the 10 things, you know, to help you avoid, you know, failure in your organization, or whatever it may be. It needs to be compelling enough and valuable enough that somebody will give you an email address for. I'll give you an example. We did some work for a company that did um, trips for high school groups. They planned and orchestrated these whole, this whole thing. When you're planning a trip for 200 band students, there's a lot of work involved, right? A lot of times that's falling on a band director or a PTO member or a school administrator. This company took that away from them, helped plan it for them, and kept it really simple. Well, when somebody comes on their website, they can book a trip, but most people don't, right? Most people aren't buying today. And so in the meantime, they could download a checklist of 25 things you don't want to miss when you're planning your next trip. Well, if you're a trip organizer, you're like, I love checklists. Let me get that. You type in your email address. Now they're going to get some follow-up emails and help close that deal. So you want to be collecting and having a way to collect email addresses from people who are prospective members who haven't bought from you yet and provide real, valuable, actionable information. So that's what we call that transitional call to action. It's kind of tied to the main call to action. It's basically, if they don't do this, let's give them a pop-up and make them do that. I know we all hate pop-ups, but they still work. And as long as they work, we're going to keep using them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great advice to get people thinking about member acquisition, not just uh, keeping members, but how do we get, how do we get more non-members to participate? Absolutely. Tom, go ahead. So maybe there's two types of people listening on, two types of people listening at this point, Dave. Those that listen to Jan says, wow, we're really on the front edge of the seven seven steps and we just need to improve. I, I can't imagine as many of those. And that, that's not a bash on associations. I, I'm just saying like, there's not many people that do this well in but, general. But then there's those, which is probably 98% of them that are listening to this and going, oh my gosh, we're doing it all wrong. 
for the future of our marketing app. So Jay, if they're, if they are saying themselves, we are doing it all wrong. We need to shift. What is kind of three steps as they leave this, this, this podcast, they should really take the time to do to start running a new direction. Yeah. Actually, can uh, I add to that question? Sure. I want to know sure. who does it in, in an organization. Is it, does, does the leadership go off in a, in a closet somewhere? It doesn't sound like that's the right approach, but maybe it starts there. And then the other question is, uh, can, I know they can, but is it realistic to think an organization can do this on their own? Or is that why you exist to help them guide them? Are you the guide in this, yeah. in this scenario? Yeah, you certainly can do it on your own, but it's very hard. Um, it's actually really simple, but simple is hard, if that makes sense. It's hard because seeing yourself when it's just internal people, um, you often don't have a clear picture of what the truth is. And, and I always talk about the last 10% of the truth, and, and you need a, a guide externally, for lack of a better term, uh, to help you get that right. If you want to do it on your own, you want a really simple way to unpack this more, you can grab a book by Donald Miller. I wish I had written it. I didn't, but he's a super smart guide. Uh, guy. He's, uh, we, we, I've worked with him and his team. Our agency is a StoryBrand certified guide, uh, which means we help companies get these things right. His book is called Building a StoryBrand. Excellent book. If you want some uh, resources, you want to say, hey, you know what, Jay, I'd love your help getting this right. Um, our website has some resources on that. You can go to designextensions.com slash storybrand. We break down all the things that I talked about here today. Uh, there's a, a content offer that, on there that you can grab, or you can just set up a call, and we'll be happy to talk through any questions that you have relating to it. Well, Tom, I guess we've come to that point that we always do, and Jay, uh, we always like to summarize this a little bit. And so Tom and I will give our number one takeaway. I'd love for you to, to jump in with your number one takeaway, either what your epiphany was or what you want to be an epiphany for other people. So Tom, why don't you go ahead? So for me, the moment that we're living in right now, the future is so bright looking at where we're at economically. And, but there's a lot of challenges out there. And associations should start right now today deciding what is their message going to be, what problems are they solving, and really try and dig into this story brand because the opportunity to grow your membership more than it's ever grown in its history is right in our face, right before us demographically. And if you've got the wrong message, you're not going to get to take advantage of that. So your marketing and messaging and how you do that is going to be key to getting the most members in the next 10 years that you can. Because the way this coming is, we always talk about, the question is, is, Will you as an association capitalize on it? Thanks, Tom. So my, my takeaway when it goes back to um, early on talking about what do they want? What do they need? And uh, I think what's interesting is that spectrum of having a very simple definition of what it is your constituents need. The key being super simple, not a list of the five or six or eight things they need, but dumbing it down to one simple statement, which is the reason that was a key takeaway for me is because of how dramatically different it is from what I think about on a day-to-day -day basis, which is what does that individual need in the association? So it's like, that was a big takeaway for me. And, and I think it's really, really hard to do. We've done that at Propules, try to try to come up with that value proposition, sort of what they need statement. Jay? Yeah, and I, and I would just add, you know, we live in a noisier world than ever. 
We're bombarded every day with distractions in, in, in every possible direction. And if you do not have a clear message for your association, you are missing out on a significant number of members who need your association. So get your messaging right, get this foundational stuff right long before you worry about what's on your social media accounts or if you should run paid ads or not or what magazines you should advertise in. Get the messaging right first and you'll see vastly more success and help avoid wasting time and money um, as a result. Jay, once again, uh, it's uh, designextensions.com. That's right. Designextensions.com is where you can find us. And I'd uh, love to connect with anybody that has any additional questions. Jay Owen, thanks so much for joining us. I really yeah, this, this, this is kind of great for me, Dave, because I've been with Jay since probably probably a couple of months you were in business, 25 years ago or how long <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, I've known him for quite, I've watched his company grow from beginning to end and it's been exciting. And now here we are today, 25 years later, doing podcasts together, which is extraordinarily exciting. Jay, thanks for being here. You've done a ton for me and the companies I've ran and you're still doing it. And that, that's a testament to who you are and what your company does. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Tom. It's been a blast, Dave. Thanks for having me. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.